Grace and peace be to you from God, our Heavenly Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Those are some powerful words from Paul to a fellow believer, Philemon, and he's got to sort some things out over this fellow Onesimus. But I'm not preaching about that today. But I love those words, grace and peace to you from God, our Heavenly Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Today is Sign Up Sunday. We are ready to sign up. We are ready to write our name to the bottom of that sheet that Matt's going to pass around at the end. Because there's lots of work to do around this place, and we need everybody's involvement. And we just want everybody to have an opportunity to be involved. No pressure, okay? No pressure at all. Today is sign-up Sunday. Every day is sign-up Sunday. Every day is an opportunity for us to respond to God's call and claim on our life. And it's not easy, folks. I don't know if you were listening when I read the gospel lesson, but boy, did Jesus make it sound hard. If anyone does not hate his father, mother, wife, or spouse, children, sister, or brother, yes, even his own life, he is not able to be my disciple. Wow. I guess that's putting it out there pretty plain for everybody to see. This huge crowd that is now following Jesus, excited because he's on his way to Jerusalem, and boy, stuff's going to happen when he gets there, and we can't wait to see what it is because it's exciting. It's thrilling. But just so we understand, there's two paths here. Moses told, told us about this. There's a path to life, and there's a path to death. Which one do you want? Kind of easy, isn't it? This side is death, this side is life. Sorry, you didn't know that when you came in, right? Okay. Right? Wow. It's obvious. I want life. Don't you want life? Is that why we're here? We want life. We want a good life. We want a full life. We want a rich life. We want a blessed life. We want that for our families. We want that for our communities. Who would choose death? That's crazy. Who would even think of it? And yet, and yet, how easy it is. Did God really say that? How about you just satisfy yourself once in a while? Why don't you just focus on yourself and help yourself? 
and make your whole life and world about yourself and your things and making sure you are number one. How are you going to help anybody else if you can't help yourself? Right? How are you going to be any good to anybody unless you're number one? Then you can help other people, right? Oh, the devil has all kinds of ways to get us thinking about the only thing in life is work, 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 work. Try, 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 try. Be number one. Give up everything to be number one. Sacrifice it all. So you have the perfect whatever. Right? And yet, what do we end up doing? Losing it all. Okay, a little lesson here on biblical language. Hate. Normally, as a good parent, I do not teach my children to hate anybody or tell them to use the word hate in this kind of way. But you can understand it from a logical perspective. Okay? It's very graphic. You choose one thing and not another. Okay, you have a choice. You have apples or oranges. Which do you want? Do you want apples or oranges? Your choice. You pick. What's it going to be, Lily? Apples or oranges? You just choose. Hmm? Oranges. You like oranges. You must hate apples. Because you didn't choose them. You hate apples. You love oranges. See? It's just a matter of choice, right? You're picking one over the other. You're picking this, not that, right? And so we find in the Bible, very graphic story between Jacob and the one he loved. What was her name? Rachel. Oh, he loved Rachel. He worked seven years for Rachel. But uh, unfortunately, when he woke up the next day, it wasn't Rachel. Who was it? Leah, the older sister. I didn't want her. I wanted, I wanted Rachel. So what did he have to do? Work another seven years. And he did. And it was like nothing, right? The time passed fast. But God saw that Jacob had chosen Rachel and Leah he hated. Well, he didn't hate her, but he didn't choose her. He didn't love her the way he loved Rachel. Okay. Maybe we can water it down a little bit and think of it in those terms that Jesus isn't actually telling us to find ways to be mean to people, like go out and hate your parents. I can find ways to hate my parents or be mean to my children, right? Let's, let's come up with a list of those things. Not too hard. But actually... If you think about it, it's even harder this second way, choosing. I'm choosing this over that. And what is Jesus saying? What are we, what's the choice before us? Is it your father and your mother, your children, your wife, your spouse, and all the things that you have in life, or me? You can choose your choice. Free will. What's it going to be? I'll be honest with you. We don't really have a lot of choice. 
I mean, it's obvious, right? What we should be choosing. But so easily we don't. So easy to get angry and let anger and hatred build and then let it fester into actual words or thoughts that are meant to hurt other people or make it plain to them we're not happy. And that's sinful. And that's hurtful. And marriages are destroyed by that. Families are ripped apart by that. Countries are ripped apart by that. Communities torn down by that. And it seems like there's no way out. Except we've got this guy, and his name is Jesus, and he's on his way to Jerusalem. I'm going to keep asking you that question over and over and over again. This whole fall is wonderful because we are studying the Gospel of Luke and the travel narrative that Luke records, unlike any of the other gospel writers, he's got this long section of Jesus on his way, intentionally chosen path to Jerusalem. But it means something completely different to Jesus than it does to everybody else. Because Jesus knows the outcome. He knows what's at the end of the road. And it's a cross. It's death. It's the complete denial of everything he is. He is choosing to be separated from his heavenly father. He is choosing death for you and for me. Because he knows we're on a path that has no end except death. And the only way to get us off of that path and onto the right path is he's got to do a complete do-over. He's got to hit the reset button and have a complete new system put in place. And it only can happen by him giving himself for you and me and every living person in this planet. And he's determined to do it. He has set his face like flint, like a stone, and there's no turning back. And it may not be obvious to the crowd, but he is choosing you and me over his heavenly Father. The one thing that is precious to our Lord Jesus is his relationship. His communion with the Father. And he has chosen to leave that behind and take up that which is not him. Your sin, my sin, the sin of all. And let it become part of him. Let it become all of him. Paul has some pretty compelling words for Philemon. And if you didn't notice, we read the, almost the whole book. So just go read the last, chap, last verse and you finished one book of the Bible. Congratulations. He's got some compelling words 
for Philemon to get Philemon to think about Onesimus in a way that he'd never thought of him before. You see, Onesimus was a runaway slave. And at that time, that was kind of a serious deal. Okay? And uh, not only could Onesimus be killed for that, but the, whoever was harboring or took him, that was stealing. Okay? And so Paul is sending him back, but he's got a command to send him back and a reason to send him back, and he wants to see a new relationship between Onesimus and Philemon, and he wants to see a new relationship even in his own life and even in our lives. That we can really retain and have a right relationship with father, mother, sister, brother, spouse, children that isn't built on manipulation, that isn't built around uh, obligation, that isn't built around all kinds of other things other than God's love poured into our life and us becoming a blessing to our family and our loved ones and the people we love the most. This is Chusok, and we got to read this verse. Wow, this is hard, right? Because a lot of you may be going home to your ancestral place where you grew up, right? You may be in your house with your mom and dad or brother and sister relatives, and you're all gathered around this big table to remember where you came from, But I'm here to tell you today, I hope there's something else in your pocket next to your heart when you're sitting at that table. You have the Lord Jesus who gave the terms of peace. That was kind of an interesting twist, isn't it? Right? What king who's only got 10,000 is going to meet 20,000? He's going to come up with the terms of peace. What are the terms of peace? Right there. The Lord's body and blood. That's what brings you peace and me peace and the world peace. And it carries right into all of your relationships. Whether that's father, mother, spouse, children, brother, sister, employer, employee. We don't go with slaves and masters anymore. But employers and employees. What are our relationships to each other? How do we, how do we use, how does the Lord use those relationships to bless other people? That's what he's about, right? He's changing our whole structure. And he's doing it by giving himself for you and for me. And calling us to take up that cross and follow him. Sign up. Come with me. It's actually an invitation in a kind of difficult way, it's an invitation to let go of everything that doesn't work and come with me and I'll show you how it really works. When you lay down your life, when you give it all away and you let go of yourself and see how much God wants to make of your life and the lives of the people you love the most. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
We stand for prayer.